0: Welcome to the Husband Material podcast where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today I am hanging out again with Dr. Eddie Capparucci. Welcome
1: back, Eddie. Hey, thank you for having me again, Drew. I've Oh, we've enjoyed a time together. You never know where we're going to go with our conversations. And so we've, I, I hope, more, most, most importantly, though, that it is something that's inspiring to people, that is educational for people, that it makes a difference in their lives.
0: Absolutely. You've been on the show many times, yet we've almost always talked about individual healing. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about healing as a couple, specifically, what do I do with my hurting spouse, especially when my inner child gets triggered?
1: Yes, very, very important subject. This is, you know, I, I am of the belief through what I've seen and in talking to my peers and people like you that, you know, it is easier for a man to learn how to be sober That it is to be able to help their partner grieve and this this is the hill that I see many men die on Because they just can't get it right So hopefully today we're going to be walking them through Different rules of engagement that will help them to make it somewhat better
0: Yes, this is going to be extremely practical before we get into the rules of engagement and the steps that you can take toward being a safer, more trustworthy, more empathetic man, Eddie, what is really happening with the partners of men who are outgrowing porn?
1: They they are devastated. They are broken. They have they are going through an emotional and mental anguish like they've never experienced in their life. And basically what we refer to it as is betrayal trauma. And because what's going on is, again, in many cases, here we have individuals that we'll stick with, you know, because you and I work with men. So we're going to stick with the fact that either the betrayers of man, you know, those who've been betrayed are women, but we know that it works the other way also. But just to make it easier for everybody else, but you know, these women are 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 dealing, as I said before, with this emotional distress and pain, unlike anything they've ever felt before. And in many cases, not knowing what do I do with this. And a lot of it is all based on what is going on in their brain. And the fact of the matter is, we go back to the limbic system, which I'm sure a lot of you are you know, the people would be listening to this understand, but gate, they don't, limbic system, that's the housing unit for our emotional being, well-being, and also our pain. And we go drill down into that limbic system, we find the amygdala. And I think of the amygdala as like that thermostat that regulates our emotional pain and our emotional pleasure. Well, for these women, the, that amygdala is broken. And therefore, their emotional pain is skyrocketing, and they don't know how to regulate that. And that's why, as I say to my guys when they first come to me, is she have a barrel of rocks, and she's going to be throwing them at you, and and you're going to have to just start to take these rocks as they come on, as long as they're not literal rocks, okay, <laughs> um, and be able to deal with that. But but no, they they, they are hurting in a way that, like I said, they've never experienced before. It's not that they want to feel this. It's not, they just don't know how to manage it and deal with it. And even through all the work they may do with a counselor, it takes time to heal. And, you know, people put time frames on it, anywhere from 18 months to, you know, three years. But, you know, what? everybody's different. Everybody's different. And, and you also have to factor in, you know what? It's not just this pain, not just this betrayal, but did they have betrayals in the past also? So therefore now maybe those two worlds are blending together. And as what my wife, and working with betrayal, betrayal partners, she had to pull those worlds apart.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: put, let put that pain back here where it belongs and let's focus on this.
0: Yeah. Dr. Sherry Keffer calls it trauma squared. Yeah. Because there's the trauma of what's happening in the present with my partner who is using porn or he's not using porn, but he was. And so I'm dealing with all of the emotions of right. try, trying to deal with that, plus trauma from the past that might be triggered by what's happening right now.
1: Ex- exacerbates it. Ex- exacerbates what's going on today.
0: For example, there might be a woman whose father struggled with pornography or maybe he left the family Mm
1: -hmm. when she was young or maybe they were married once before and that husband was unfaithful okay and now we married and i'm dealing with the same circumstance once again
0: and this is not to say that it's her problem no, not at all. It
1: is definitely not her problem. What it, what we're saying is that it makes the current problem more difficult to manage. Yeah, it has nothing to do. So you guys out there, if you're thinking, oh, that's cute, you, you have your past trauma, and that's what makes, no, sorry, toss that in the trash can. That is not correct. It has nothing to do with it. All we're saying is that it could take a bad situation and it can make it worse. That's all.
0: So, when you are in the situation where your girlfriend, fiance, or wife is throwing rocks at you, she's hurting, and she's turning towards you in this hurt, um, what can we actually do to help
1: her? You know know what, Drew, one thing I think is really important before we start going into these uh, different things uh, that we're going to talk about is men need to understand that when their significant other is, I call it grieving, okay? It doesn't look like grieving, but that's what it is, it's grieving. When they're grieving, they're actually healing. They're actually healing. And that's very important to understand because if you start to shut down that grieving process by either getting very aggressive or withdrawing from them. What you've done is you just kicked the can down the road and you haven't helped the healing process at all.
0: So you're saying they actually need to throw the rocks.
1: They need to throw the rocks. Yes, absolutely. They need to throw the rock to express anger and frustration and sense of, you know, feeling that I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. Yeah. How could you do this to us? Remember one of the biggest things that they're dealing with is this idea of the world I thought I lived in didn't exist, right? My world is is a facade. It's a facade. And And then what they do, is they start going back over the different parts of their relationship and start to match it up with what was going on with betrayal. And they start saying, oh, my God, I had a baby. And you went home and watched pornography and masturbated that night? How could you do something like that? So, see, that's the thing. is If reality, they don't know what is reality anymore.
0: Yeah. It's like the Matrix.
1: (laughs) I never, Joe, I have to tell you, I never (laughs) quite thought of it as the Matrix, but I could understand where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, it's like, I thought I had a husband who was keeping his wedding vows to me Mm -hmm. publicly and privately and all of that was fake right and it's not to say that the entire relationship was fake but there was a part that was always kept in the basement it didn't feel, it
1: feels that way to them if you that's why as they continue to go into their healing they start to then separate and say no this was real yes that was a good a good um experience that we have all of that they start to see that but at this point it feels like it's all as i said before a facade
0: yeah that's a really good point
1: i try to make them every once in a while
0: (laughs) so here's what we're going to do today we're going to go through some different rules and guidelines for what to do when your partner is grieving In other words, when she feels like she's going crazy and she's expressing frustration, possibly shame, possibly questioning reality, and maybe even attacking you. Like, what do you do? In those moments, we're going to go through some different rules. And then at the upcoming conference, The Porn-Free Man on January 6th and 7th,
1: Eddie and I are going to do some role playing. (laughs) We only... (laughs) We have no idea how that's all going to turn out, but we are yeah. going to be doing that. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be role playing the hurting spouse and Eddie is going to be role playing. The betrayer. Yeah. I may or may not be wearing a wig or a costume <laughs> in order to make it uh, seem a little bit more realistic. And it's going to be like a practice round. It's going to be like, hey, let's. Practice so that when game
1: time comes, you're ready and and we've gone over the place. And that is so important. I teach my men that all the time. You have to practice. You after a while you start to understand what the pattern that plays out when she's grieving. You owe it to yourself to be able to prepare yourself for that. But again, if you just go into the trenches not prepared. I mean, who knows what could happen? There could be carnage. Yeah. So we're going to run, we're going to run through these real briefly right now. and We'll be talking about them a lot more in depth during our conference. Correct?
0: Yes. So let's talk about rule number one, no explaining.
1: Yeah. No explaining. I actually wrote a column about this a couple of years ago. If somebody wants to go see it, they can find it on my, uh, my blog site, sexuallypuremen.com. You know, that's the thing that, you know, remember what I said before about the amygdala, the thermostat that regulates pain? And it's broken. So therefore, in many cases, you know, a wife, a, um, a you know, fiance, is, is so upset and she's trying to go through all the details and she may not get the facts right. She may get some something wrong, well, well, you know, I, I know that you've been watching porn for so long, or I know that you were engaged in a relationship with her, and she and just has some facts that are wrong. That is not the time to be explaining to her, oh, honey, you're wrong. Because before you got caught, there was usually in most cases... There was something that was nagging at them. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong in this relationship. There's something off with him. Whatever is brought up, it's like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong. No, you, I don't understand why you're why you're feeling that way. And so, Jeffrey, you've always told her, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. So can you imagine now she knows, oh, I wasn't wrong. And here you are in the midst of this conversation and you start saying, oh, guess what? You're wrong. Could you only imagine what that does to her? I mean, you're talking once again about about taking a fire and throwing gas on it. So therefore you trying to rationalize at the time when their brain is on fire, and ladies, I say that in a very loving, caring way, but your brain is on fire, and he trying to rationalize with you, it doesn't work. So therefore, no explaining.
0: No explaining. And you might not use the words you're wrong. You might say Well, actually, it was only three times or it didn't happen after a certain point. That's right.
1: But the message she
0: hears is,
1: you're trying to correct me. Yeah, right. She hears, hears, you're telling me I'm wrong. You're right. In most cases, I mean, I would hope that men are not sitting there saying you're wrong. Although I know it's happened. Uh, But you're right. It's an indirect message that you're delivering. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So whenever we try to jump in and make a slight correction, even if it's out of a good intention to help her get the facts straight, maybe, maybe you're wanting to help her like actually see it clearly. Yeah. Um, But it's not helpful. So that's why rule number one is no explaining. And rule number two is no surprises. No
1: surprises. I've seen this thing come back and bite people. Constantly, I'll give you one example. Um, a guy he wanted he he felt like he, his wife was not doing a good enough job and trying to save up enough money that they could pay their car off. Okay, so therefore, what he did, he set up a, a bank account where he was putting a certain amount of money in every week, and what he was going to do was surprise her. To say, hey, guess what? Here's all this money, and we're going to now be able to pay off our car. Well, for somebody who had been spending money on porn sites, on sites like, you know, fans only, having a bank account, a secret bank account, is not the best idea in the world. So therefore, there could be no surprises to go on, you know, It, it and this is where I see guys, they, they're just like, oh, well, you know what, I'm not going to tell her, I'll just let her know later. No, that could, what that does, it flies in the face of transparency. And Drew, you know how important it is, you know, that we need to be transparent with everything.
0: Right. So. The flip side of this rule is before you do something, tell her about it. Yes. Let's talk about it.
1: Absolutely. That's what you need to do. That's why I said there's no surprises. We can. not I had another guy who was saving money to uh, take her on a vacation. And he didn't open up a bank account. He was just putting cash aside. And so now she came across and she found all this cash. And it's like, what's this cash for? She have oh, I was going to take you on vacation. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're going to take me on vacation. No, I just thought, uh, no, 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 I was. That's what I was going to do. And Yeah. You know, and, and no matter how much, again, you try to explain what it is, is that you have created another threat. Mm-hmm. And remember, part of what we're trying to do here is we're trying to eliminate threat or at least diminish threat. We don't want to be creating threats.
0: Yeah. And as we're talking about this, I'm wondering if someone listening might feel shame that, Oh my gosh, I've been breaking these rules. I've been doing everything wrong. I want to respond to you and say, Hey, we're all learners here and we've all done it wrong. Uh-huh. We've, we've all not been as connected, compassionate, curious and Trustworthy as we need to be as husbands. So
1: one of the key things that I believe that drive the addictive process is our inability to sit with emotional distress or emotional discomfort. Right. Well, guess what? We're now here dealing with more emotional distress than we probably ever have in our entire life. So yeah. We're not going to get it right all the time. And that's why I came up with this list. So that, you know, these are things that people need to uh, they need to understand. So they don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Um,
0: you were talking about how a man might uh, save up some money to take her on vacation. Um, when your spouse is questioning you and you really didn't do anything wrong, rule number three is really important. Validation, not defensiveness. Right.
1: So Again, we go back to the idea of there's a time and place for everything. Okay? When she's in that place where the amiculate broken, okay, and she just, you know, ha- venting away that is not the time for you to be sitting there and trying to again go back to explaining. However, and that explaining could be defensive. I become defensive. I'm, I'm trying to try to set the record straight. No. First and foremost is this. You have to validate. Mm-hmm. You have to validate. I could understand. Okay, once again. You know what? I bet you've probably been with 30 different women. You know, been with like four, been with 30 different women. You know, I could fully understand why you would be confused by all of this stuff. In fact, I take out the word confused. I could understand why you would be saying things like that. The way I, you had to drag everything out of me. You know, when I'm trying to disclose, you know, it, it was like, a hot pot. all over the place. And I'm so sorry for putting you in that position. Now, if depending on where she's at, after you validate, then what you can do is say, can I tell you what the truth is? Now, you might hear, I don't want to hear your truth. You don't even know what the truth is. You never tell me the truth. You're nothing but a damn liar. You're always going to be a liar. Blah, blah, blah. Did you come to understand that it's not a good time to try to tell her the truth. So death like, okay, I get it. Or she might say, well, what is your truth? So, the truth is that number is far excessive. Okay, but yet, yeah, now back to validation. Even one was one too many. Even one was one too many. But yet, I still think you need to be able to, you need to understand what is the true scope of what's gone on. So that, that's what we need. But if you don't validate first, I've seen it too often. You know, and in fact, you know, even in session when I have a couple together, like, no, that's not the way it was. That's the first thing that comes out of now. That's not. That's not true. All, again, all you're doing is just saying, oh, I'm wrong. Versus. You know what? I hate that I put all this doubt in your mind. I hate that I've made it so that you feel so insecure. I hate the fact that you don't that you feel like you don't even know what reality is anymore. And then you could ask for permission to say, Can I, you know, give you a little bit more information?
0: Yeah, that is so so wise. Some other sentence stems that might help with validation are, it sounds like, dot, 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 I did this, I'm so sorry.
1: The one thing about sorry, you got to watch how often you use sorry. Yeah. Because after a while, they get tired of sorry. Sorry. Because that would look, I say, I'm sorry, I'm just sorry. Sorry." But that's why I say, you know what, I hate that I put you in this spot." You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve to go through what you're going through. There's other ways. And that's why that part of we go back to prepping ourselves. Sit there and write down. What are some validation statements? Not that we're going to be robots throwing them out. But it's the fact that, oh, let me think of other ways that I can communicate that I understand her pain.
0: And my favorite validation statement is that makes sense.
1: If you use that one, you got to make sure that you can back it up. <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. But hopefully you can back up all this stuff. And I know that's another big problem that many guys, the emotionally undeveloped man, really can't think on his feet. That becomes a little bit difficult. And that's when I go back to prepping. Okay. I know the way this argument goes. We've been in it numerous times before. How will I respond? And how will I not respond? You've got to have the game plan. You know, you watch a football game and the coach got that big thing there. And he has all the different plays mapped out. You have to have the same thing there too.
0: And when we find ourselves breaking one of these rules, treat it like feedback,
1: not failure feedback so we can learn and grow. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming out there and talking about the shame factor. But that's important. We're trying to develop confidence. And that's what with the rules, or you know, tips, or whatever you want to call them. We're trying to make ourselves. Ooh, you know what? I can take the heat.
0: That leads really nicely into the next rule: don't wilt. Be confident. Yeah. What yes. do you mean by that?
1: I'll sum it up in a very in one sentence. You allow your emotion to trump her emotion. So here she is, she's venting, she's grieving, she's trying to get all this out. She may not be saying it in the most pleasant terms, and you're just like feeling all this shame. You're feeling all this guilt, and, and you want to just hide. You become your inner child, wants you to run away. That's what's happening here. And therefore, again, you start, I call it, you start to wilt in front of her. And I've had many women who have told me, I see it. I see him literally in front of me, just collapsing.
0: Looking at the floor, posture slumps down. Right.
1: Saying nothing. Saying nothing. Eyes go
0: to a faraway place. And so now,
1: now they're once again... They are left feeling alone and abandoned. I'm trying to sit here and have this dialogue with you, which, again, may not be an easy dialogue. It actually may be very contemptuous. okay? but yet we just collapse. And instead, what we need is confidence. So, So the question then becomes, well, how do you get confidence in the middle of all of this? Well, you know what? i doing all my work. i doing everything I need to do to change. I'm learning about my inner child. And how that kid, you know, had been managing or running the show for a long, long time. I have been sober. Okay. And, and I've been faithful, whatever it may be. You know what? Yes, I still probably make some mistakes. But that's okay. We all make mistakes. But, my heart is in the right place. And I know moving forward, I'm committed to honoring my wife and my marriage. So with that, we can have confidence. And even if you are struggling maybe with your sobriety, but again, as long as you like, if something happens and it's like, but you know what, I'm getting back on the wagon again. I'm jumping back in. I'm not gonna quit. I'm gonna do it until I get it right. Again, that confidence that you have, confidence in understanding, I'm learning so much about myself, and I'm learning so much about all these different tools that I can have, such as the ones we're talking about here today, that I can feel better about myself. That confidence is not arrogance. Confidence is not cockiness. Confidence is just, you know what, I'm here. I'm here. And yes, you just hit me across the face, but with a two by four, you know, I understand why you, why you're feeling that way. I get it. I'm sorry that I created this dark place that you're in, but I'm here.
0: Another really helpful reframe so that we can be confident is Her reaction has nothing to do with who I am. Her reaction has to do with what I've done. Her reaction has to do with what has happened to her. But it doesn't say anything about who I am. I am God's beloved son. Right. In me, he is well pleased. Period. That's who I am. And because that's true, I can show up with her.
1: Right. That's why, you know, I talk about... A lot of, you know, we do not wear the label porn addict, sex addict. The label, I am the prince of the king. We wear that label with that. And remember, you know, what did you point? That what coming at you, again, is not something that should define you. What's coming at you is pain. And we'll be talking about that later on, too. Yeah. That's what it is. It's about pain.
0: Yeah, I like the way you just said that. What's coming at you does not define you. It can refine you, but it doesn't define you.
1: True, definitely refine you.
0: Yeah. So when you're in that place of feeling tremendous shame, maybe even wilting, one of the things that's really common is that uh, when the inner child takes over, he wants to talk to her. Next rule is don't let your inner child speak to your partner.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, what does that look like? Um, That's going to look like a lot of defensiveness. That might look like, you know, being somewhat nasty about things. That could be like, no, you are wrong. You don't know. You're taking this thing and you're exaggerating and you're blowing it out of proportion. You're making too big a deal out of it. I mean, you wind up talking to her like an adolescent or a teenager who's sitting there saying, this is not fair. This isn't fair. Well, guess what? What she's going through isn't fair. No, so your inner child should never, ever be allowed to speak to your partner. The inner child needs to be able to be Put over his place to be able to say, look, I got this. We don't have to resort to, again, adolescent thinking, what I
0: feel.
1: Instead, we're going to turn it over to rational thinking and what is real. Okay? I feel this. I feel like I'm being attacked. I feel like I'm being, you know, slaughtered over here. What's reality? Mm-hmm. Reality is our pain.
0: So your inner child might become aggressive, oh. might go into attack mode. My inner child personally might have a different reaction of becoming so deflated mm-hmm. and maybe becoming apathetic.
1: But like, see, that's when we go back to don't wilt. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You gotta, all of these, in every one of these, you're going to see the inner child.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So another way it could look like is, well, maybe we should just get divorced. For a man who struggles with same-sex attraction, maybe I should just go to the gay lifestyle.
1: Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Running away. You're running away. And that's what the inner child will do. Because it's like, remember, what does your inner child want? You want comfort. Well, guess what? This is not a very comfortable situation. It's not. And, 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 and one, he doesn't have, he can't have you running off to engage in your, you know, the behaviors you were engaging with before because you stopped doing that. So now it's like, he's like, well, what else do we do? Well, let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah. Let's just exit. Let's get divorced. Let's go to the gay lifestyle, whatever, whatever it may be. But I just want out of here.
0: Yeah. Another way the inner child might talk to your partner would be saying things like, you're right. I really am a horrible person. I should just never try again. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. Again, we're giving up. We're just giving up and and we give in to the kid and we can't because again, what's missing your confidence, confidence is missing. And yes, you know what? I'm, I'm not trying to make this, to seem like, oh God, just follow this, it'll be so easy. No, there's gonna be days when it's difficult. There's gonna be days when you aren't feeling some of the things that we're talking about here. But guess what? That's when you have your support group that you reach out to and say, I gotta tell you, boys, you're making me feel like I am just garbage. You're making me feel like I am garbage right now, that I am worthless that I can't do nothing right, and you have your support team that helps to build you back up.
0: Yes, and we've had a few comments from husband material men saying that they feel a tension between wanting to connect with men in this community for support, and then their spouse being uncomfortable with that, so your spouse might have concerns about you getting the support you need with certain communities of men. And we're going to address that at the conference too. One really helpful reframe for speaking to your partner and not letting your inner child take the microphone is a skill that I learned from internal family systems called speaking for rather than speaking from. So speaking from a part that's frustrated would be saying something like, You're controlling every little thing I do. That would be speaking from the part of me that feels controlled. If I speak for that part, I might say part of me is feeling frustrated and feeling
1: controlled. Mm -hmm. So now I look at that and you're right. That that your internal family system, which is part of our inner child work. But the other thing you look at is that's emotionally focused therapy, which basically what it is, is if I'm not talking about the stuff, I feel controlled. Instead, I'm feeling about talking about how I feel about being controlled. Mm-hmm. And that is very, very different way of communicating. Because it's very difficult for someone to get angry and upset if you're sharing your emotions about something versus instead you're wagging your finger when you talk about the stuff to them.
0: Yeah, it might seem like a slight shift, but it's actually a world of difference. And it creates this cushion between you and
1: your partner. Yeah. So that it, it is night and day, Drew, as you well know. It is night and day.
0: And one of the benefits of this is that it allows you to be vulnerable without continuing to pour gas on the fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, you know, again, vulnerability for most men who are in this position. And again, just remember, the other big issue that we have here with all of this is that many of these men are emotionally undeveloped. Okay? So, therefore, being vulnerable, ooh, vulnerable is a dirty word. It's not something I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. So, therefore, there's also the idea why you learn these skill sets, but also learning how to, again, be emotionally developed. And as you well know, that's part of that. You know, my latest book of, you know, why men struggle to love.
0: Yeah, that book is really, really good. So, I'm going to put it link to it in the show notes. Thank you. And you're welcome. Some of you guys might be feeling like, well, I want to be vulnerable with her, but every time I do, it makes it worse. Or every time I'm vulnerable with her, I just hurt her more, or she hurts me more. Using some of these skills from IFS and EFT, and what we're, we're going to be talking about the conference will allow you to be vulnerable and
1: safer at the same yeah. time. Yeah, and you know, you know what you're really talking about there. with all that fear, it's the fear, and you got to learn how to hold on to that fear and move forward despite the fear. No, you may not get you may not get it right. You may not that time, but still, that should not preclude you from doing it again. Yes,
0: we are becoming emotionally developed in ways that we didn't when we were little boys,
1: mm-hmm. and when we do, we can
0: follow rule number six: see her pain. Yeah, this is a like
1: big one. This is a huge uh, rule, and the reason being is because. What we basically see, remember, the amygdala is broken. The, her brain is on fire. So what do we see? We see hostility. It's hostility that we see. We see anger. We see contempt. You know, we, we see just rage. There's sometimes we see what, you know, some people would say we see crazy. That's what we see. And that's extremely frightening. Especially for somebody who doesn't know how to sit with emotional pain and discomfort. So what are we going to do? We're either going to get aggressive to try to shut it down. We're going to withdraw to try to shut it down. We're going to try to minimize it to shut it down. But what the key? The kid is saying, shut this down. If you, as you've been using the word, reframe I'm not looking at hostility what I'm seeing is the depth of her pain and her anguish and if you stay there and, and again not always easy to stay there when somebody's sitting there saying you're just a little blankety blank 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 pain you know versus oh How could she talk to me like that? That's not good. Or wilting, right? Instead, I see pain. Because if you continue to see pain, you will be able to start to be able to develop tools such as empathy, attunement, which are very valuable and much needed.
0: Yeah, that seems like it goes right into the next rule. Walk into the fire
1: yeah walking to the fire is something i came up with probably about five years ago and probably one of the tools that you know many men are now um aware of and that walking to the fire is used during those periods of time when the amicula thermostat seemed to start to set again okay it's like oh things have kind of mellowed out we've had a few good days maybe it's over maybe this is done no that is not the approach that we take the emotionally developed man does not go there instead what the emotionally available uh, emotionally developed man does is go to your wife and say honey you know what I could tell over the last couple of days that your mood has been lighter. However, I would imagine that the pain I've caused you is still there. Would you like to talk to me about that? I know, there's <laughs> guys who are probably saying, turning this thing off right now. Are you <laughs> are you insane? But that's why that's why I call it walking to the fire, because you make it burn. You make it burn. And and I know I ran a men's group a few months ago and I had a guy who did this and you know he uh and his wife looked at him and said, excuse me? What what I'm sorry, what are you asking me? I'm asking you if you want to talk about the pain that I caused to you. And she was like, Wow. Yeah, you know what? I would like to do that. And that conversation was very, very smooth. He did not get burned. But again, I can't guarantee that it's going to happen. But women appreciate this. And even though they may not appreciate it at the moment, I guarantee you they come back at some point to say, hey, you know what? Thank you for that.
0: Mm -hmm. When you can not only see her pain in the moment, When she seems to not be in pain, check in with her and move toward the pain when it's not even coming at you. Wow, what a difference that would make.
1: Right, that's
0: right. But it seems
1: counterintuitive. It's like, (laughs) why would I do that? Drew, all of this is (laughs) (laughs) counterintuitive. All of it is. I mean, for us.
0: Yeah. Another counterintuitive rule Mm -hmm. is communicate
1: when going out in public. Yes, this is a big one. This is important uh, because, again, think about it. You know, the one thing is that the sense of security has been taken away from these women and therefore they do not feel safe. And and very often, everything is a threat. All women are threats when in reality, no, that's not the case. However, that's the sense that they get so what you want to do is you want to be able before you go out somewhere you know with 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 her to be able to say look you know what I want you to know that I'm in a very good place I have not been objectifying I have no intention of objectifying when we go out there today in fact what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my focus on you i have to keep my focus on the mission. Well, what is the mission? The mission is whatever we set out to do. So we're going to the grocery store. That's what I'm here for. I'm here. Here's the list. I'm sticking to the list. My eyes are not wandering all over the place. Instead, I'm staying on the mission as I'm engaging with her. And then you also let her know when you have that communication that, hey, if you do get triggered by something, let me know. Talk to me. And maybe we'll exit from there because I want you to feel safe at all times.
0: Yeah, this is especially important while traveling or while visiting family who could be very triggering, especially at this time of year. Before you take that flight or go on that trip, have a conversation beforehand and mm-hmm. let her know both what your intentions are and also mm-hmm. what your plan is. Like if you are in a state of feeling susceptible. Right.
1: Exactly. Be be, be transparent and honest.
0: Yeah. That's been really important for me because sometimes I know when I'm going to get triggered. Like I know the specific type of person who is going to catch my attention mm-hmm. and she does too. And when we're both aware of that, it makes it so much easier in the moment.
1: Definitely does. And, and that's why it's really important to understand who is that person that's going to attract your attention. You know, yeah. for me, it's a woman who has bangs and has really dark hair. That woman, I mean, even though, even if that woman's not very attractive, boom, my eyes will just go to that look. Right. And then I'll be able to say, oh, okay, turn. Turn away, turn away.
0: Absolutely. So, whether it's a woman, a man, someone older, someone younger, be aware of that and work as a team to make sure that everyone's needs get met. That's right. And when they don't, and when things go wrong, rule number nine is really important own your impact. Not just your intentions, own your impact
1: yeah you are absolutely correct because uh how many men use the excuse of oh but that wasn't my intention that wasn't what i was thinking you know i was going to do x i was going to do y well that's not what you did and so therefore your intention it's not about your intention it's about your action and we see a lot of this in, in in the uh, area of, like, recovery work, okay? She's expecting certain things to happen from a recovery standpoint. So now she hasn't seen you in a, you know, meeting, support meeting, for, like, four days in a row. Oh, well, I intended to go, but this came up at work, and then this happened over a year, and I really wanted to catch that football game last night. And it's like... You're just making excuses. That's all you're doing. And and you are not, the betrayer is not in a position where they can make excuses. Because all it says, again, what's the indirect message? Oh, it's not that important to you. Oh, I'm not that important to you. So therefore, you need to be extremely cautious about, you know, what you intend to do versus what you do, because it is all about action.
0: It's about actions and it's about impact. Let me give you an example. If I am trying to be empathetic and supportive and validating, but in the end, my spouse feels unseen, unheard, and ultimately worse. Then I need to own my impact regardless of my intentions. So this is a skill really for conflict resolution in any relationship. I think the world is going to be a better place if we stop focusing on what our intentions were and own our impact, take ownership of how you felt as a result of what I did, even if my heart was good.
1: Very much so. Very much so. I think that very well said. Thanks.
0: Thanks. Here's an example of what it might sound like. Let's say that someone is feeling confused because I didn't communicate with them as much ahead of time. I can say, hey, it sounds like you're feeling confused. And I realized that I caused that. Even though I didn't intend to, um, I didn't communicate with you enough. And that's on me. Yeah, that's only. it it. So own your impact, not just your intentions. And our last rule, number ten, is prepare yourself every morning.
1: Right. We started talking a little bit about this before uh, because, because preparation. I can't wait to get in the trenches to be ready to deal with these issues in a right in a in the right way in a healthy way. So therefore, every morning you wake up, and it's like, okay, you know what? I don't know what today is going to bring. I don't know if it's going to be a good day. I don't know whether it's going to be a bad day. However, I'm prepared, and I'm prepared because one, I'm going to see her pain. I'm prepared because two, I felt confident about what's going on. Now, I do not. I'm not going to do any explanations. Here with her. i have got to keep the lines of communication open, okay? I'm going to make sure that I am focused on honoring my wife, honoring my marriage, and honoring God. So therefore, I set out to do the right thing always. And you may need to tell yourself that two, three times during the course of the day, maybe even, you know, eight times during the course of the day. But as long as you continue to do that, how am I going to react what she is now, you know, the amygdala is broken again? Okay. I'm going to see her pain. Right. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna validate her, you know, I'm not gonna be defensive, I'm not gonna explain things. And, and that's where I'm gonna be as I move forward.
0: Okay. So guys, now you have a little bit of a playbook here. Some strategies you can use the next time your partner is grieving and hurting and throwing rocks at you. Eddie, what is your favorite thing about seeing men learn these skills?
1: I think the, the thing that um, excites me the most is watching the evolution of these boy-like Men becoming real men. Okay. They, they again, they are, you know, 14 year olds walking around in male body, grown body. And so to watch them now develop where they learn how to be empathetic. They learn to validate. They learn to attune. They learn to trust. They learn how to be vulnerable. You know, they learn how to see that pain versus getting defensive about things, and again, you watch all of that, you know, manifest the transformation that they play. It is just heartwarming for me.
0: Yes, it's amazing, and we are going to actually practice this stuff in real time at the start of the year at the Porn Free Man Conference. Eddie will be leading our session on how do I deal with my hurting spouse. And as we said before, this will be very dynamic. It'll be role-playing. You won't want to miss this. And... I don't know. I
1: I may want to miss it. I don't know what it's (laughs) going to look like. I have no idea what this is going to take us.
0: Yeah. It's going to be an adventure. And it's going to be very interactive. So you guys who attend are going to get a chance to practice responding and submitting your responses to what your partner might be doing. And Eddie is gonna give you a grade. He's gonna give you some feedback on how you're
1: doing. That's right, I can't wait to do that. You know, I used to be a uh, college professor also. So I have experience in this. So I'm looking forward to getting back into that teaching mode again.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be powerful. So you can register for this at thepornfreeman.com. And always remember, you are God's beloved son. In you, he is well-pleased.